Uh, the prospect of leaving the White House is a mixed bag. Uh, you might have heard uh, that someone jumped the White House fence last week, but uh, I have to give Secret Service credit. They found Michelle, brought her back. She's safe. Safe bag at home now. It's only nine more months, baby. Settle down. Thanks for tuning in to Achieve Great Things. This is episode 10. Uh, This is going to be our first two-part episode. We're going to be talking with Brad Jenkins of Funny or Die. He has some really great, um, I think, inspiring advice. He also has helps to, I think, bring a little bit of urgency to to the job that we all have to do as communicators. So we really hope you enjoy it. We wanted to break this up into two episodes because there's a lot of great conversation and I think a lot to digest. So hope you enjoy. Uh, Keep sending us thoughts and feedback to podcast.hadaway.com. Uh, over Twitter at HadawayCom. Uh, we re- really appreciate you listening. And um, here's part one, and we'll put up part two next week. Thanks. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Brad Jenkins, who's the managing director and executive producer at Funny or Die DC. Um, Brad, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so Brad and I actually know each other because we worked across the hall from each other, but also have a lot of um, common interests and um and you know work stuff in common as well but brad you um you've had an interesting we have uh, a lot of we have a lot of babies in common, RJ. Babies I, don't in common. Your, I don't know if you talk about your family life on here but yeah we we rj and i have a lot of i have a lot of babies not with each other no no but we both are new fathers yeah between the <laughs> between the two of us we could have a basketball team of kids which is cool <laughs> so so, so Brad, tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about your sort of path. I mean, you're a funny or die, but you've had an interesting sort of path getting there. Can you just give people just a quick sort of summary of, of what you've done in your career and how you ended up at funny or die? Uh, I've never been involved in politics before, which is, you know, a refrain that you hear a lot from Obama, uh, organizers in, mm-hmm. in 2008, Obama alumni, as, as we now say, but I actually was working, uh, in finance at the time I, I was, uh, I was living in New York. I was working at a hedge fund of all places. Uh, my wife got into Stanford Law School, so we flew out west, didn't know anyone, um, and her school was starting in the fall, and so you know, I'm in a new job. She's waiting for school to start, and so we started going to these Obama volunteer events, uh, and I just, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was all in, um, and it eventually led to me quitting my job, uh, joining the campaign, uh, or joining the campaign full time. I moved to Chicago, uh, worked under, uh, John Carson, the incomparable John Carson, doing a range of different special projects around youth media, youth engagement, kind of the intersection of online and, uh, field. So online and in person. Um, and then I got a job at the White House, which was crazy to me. You know, like I, again, this is the first time I'd ever been involved. Uh, in politics, but it was, you know, that was sort of the Obama wave, just a lot of really talented, fired up young people from all different industries, um, working, like not sleeping, working night in and night out. And, uh, and my job at the White House was interesting. I did a lot of, uh, you know, sort of organizing around uh, progressive groups and coalition building and kind of blocking and tackling and political work. 
but a lot of my work actually was with the creative community. So, you know, we, um, as you can imagine, we at the White House had a lot of different initiatives and um, some of them sort of nonpartisan public service awareness type campaigns like It's On Us or Reach Higher or Let's Move. Um, but then we also, you know, had the Affordable Care Act that we had to, uh, that we had to really go out and market, right? Like with that first year of enrollment, yeah. we needed, uh, we needed to get out there and we needed to reach a bunch of healthy young people, um, in order for these exchanges to work. And so a lot of my job at the White House was, um, in Valerie Jarrett's office working with friends in Hollywood. So writers, producers, celebrities, uh, artists, um, you know, a lot of sort of content creators. So YouTube stars, uh, you know, this was, uh, uh, this was kind of a, a new frontier for the white house, but my job was figuring out a way to organize them politically and to figure out a way for them to do in many ways, content on their own platforms in their own voice for issues that we cared about. And the biggest, you know, the biggest project that I worked on was, this little video between two ferns with President uh, Barack Obama and Zach Galifianakis, um, which was a game changer uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, and so, you know, that changed a lot of things in the White House. It sort of changed the way we thought about how we could be leveraging um, creators like Funny or Die and like, um, you know, and comedy in general. Right. And then for me, it also worked out because it led to Funny or Die hiring me. I think, you know, Funny or Die had that, that sort of uh, game change moment where they not only had this killer piece of content that won all these Emmy Awards and, and won all these, you know, advertising awards like the Clio and, and all these things, but it, it in many ways saved that first year of enrollment for, for healthcare.gov. It was, it was a, a seminal moment uh, for enrollment that year. And so I think they realized, well, wait a second, we could be doing that between, you know, between two ferns style creative for all types of buyers and partners, you know, for yeah. nonprofits and, and for foundations and for, you know, on the electoral side, independent expenditures and you know, super PACs. I mean, I, I think that the, uh, the, the opportunity was, 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 was big. And so they hired me and that's what I've been doing for the past, almost two years now I've been, we've done about 20 or so campaigns, um, with, uh, you know, pretty much every, every major, you know, political player in town. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's been a lot of, it's, it's been a lot of fun. You know, we learn every campaign is custom, everything that we're doing. It's the first time that we're doing it. Um, and, uh, so we're learning a lot, but the, the, the exciting thing for me is it's a huge market. It's a huge opportunity. And so we, uh, we feel like this is, uh, you know, a line of business that will continue to grow and flourish and hopefully will have an impact. I think for now it's, it's still, um, you know, we're still getting our legs underneath us and, and having some great success, but you know, we're of course not at the scale of, a you know, a GMMB or, a, you know, like a real legit creative agency. But I think that, you know, over time we can hopefully get there. That's awesome. And, um, you know, the, I want to explore the kind of connections between comedy and politics. And um, I don't know, I guess the first, but the first question I want to get to is just, what have you learned as a communicator and as a creative professional over the last year or so about 
communications like what, what would be the biggest lesson i mean obviously it's an insane 12 months but um what would you point to as like the biggest lesson you've learned i think that if we as uh and i'm sure your audience is uh you know bipartisan but as democrats if we haven't been able to learn anything from this cycle then um we should all be fired and uh replaced um, or if we're not thinking that we should be learning something from this cycle, I think it's a problem. Um, I think there's a lot of things. I think the, the biggest thing for me, um, and this is something that Funny or Die, um, look, this is something that we've been saying and doing for the past 10 years. This isn't new for us, but, you know, the splits, the splits of, of, of spends, um, you know, television to digital mm-hmm. is a problem. It, it, it is a it is a serious problem um, that, that on the political side. I mean, funny or die, we've been doing corporate branded entertainment, corporate ads essentially on funny or die and, and white label since we started for ten years. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've seen the evolution of big brands, Fortune five hundred companies, and we see their splits, and their splits are sixty forty. I mean, in some cases, 50-50 TV to, to digital, because that's where people are, man. Yep. People are on digital. People are on their phones. People are on social. They are not sitting in front of their television watching the 6 o'clock news. Um, and, yes, a lot of the brands that we work with are trying to reach a younger demographic, but I think we learned this past cycle that, you know, you as Democrats, we can't count on them. We can't count on young people that they, one, identify as Democrats, and two, care enough to go stand in line for two hours and vote. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was, I was very demoralized. You know, I saw data recently of the splits, uh, you know, DS splits, D-trip splits, also seeing the splits on the Republican side. Republicans were better than Democrats on digital spending. They outspent, outspent Democrats, by and large, four times to one on digital and, so you know, some ca- some campaigns like to claim that they spend a lot on digital, but if you actually dig into the data, it was all fundraising digital. So, yeah, okay, your split's maybe 25%, but if, you know, 23% of the 25% is just fundraising, all you're doing is fundraising to buy more media on television. Right, right, so right. So, it's... it's it's, it's, it's troubling to me in a lot of different ways. I think it's troubling also because I don't think people are talking about it enough. Um, and I think the second big thing is the content itself, right? I think that, um, you know, again, this goes back to the work that we do. We, we, we do big campaigns with brands and we tell a story. Um, and we, um, and it's, and we invest in the content, not in the just, let's just spend 2 million in these places and like not really actually invest in what it, what is the content? What is the story that we're actually telling that will break through that will one, get earned media two that people will want to watch. Um, and three can translate both on television and on digital, which is a lot of what we do for corporate brands. We think about this, you know, uh, political advertising, a lot of it is just these 30-second uh, spots. There's not a lot you can do in 30 seconds. But if you're thinking about it from our perspective, we tell longer stories. We tell two-minute to three-minute stories on digital. They get millions of views and, and shares and engagement. What is the 30-second version of that um, that will also work on television? And so, you know, 
I, I think that, you know, we, we talk about the Between Two Ferns example a lot because, yeah, it is a very unique thing. It's not something that's really replicable. But we've had other campaigns where it wasn't a monster celebrity. It wasn't Barack Obama. Um, it was just a really compelling piece of content that um, not only got millions of views, people sought out the content. Um, it got tons of earned media. And it traveled. And again, I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, the amount of money that is spent in communications, and I'm doing air quotes, um, for political purposes is a lot. It's a lot of money. And I think we just need to rethink, like, the, the thought that we're putting into the actual content, right? As yeah. opposed to, you know, as opposed to where where these things are placed and how they're placed. And so, I mean, those are the two big things. And then the third thing is like, look, there was, you know, people did great jobs. I'm, you know, I think we're beating ourselves up uh, a, a bunch because I think we learned through this election that, you know, Donald Trump, you know, didn't spend any money on television until September. And yeah, he was able to do that because it's an attention economy and he was able to just get eyeballs and say stupid things and keep his name in the news and, and all this stuff. But, you know, Jason Kander had an incredible piece, an incredible spot. That was a television spot. Yeah, yeah. But, but that television spot did even better on digital because it told a story, right? I mean, that spot was so smart that it was, and it was so well done that it was on the front page of the New York times. That was the one with right? the gun, right? The one with the gun. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. one with the gun. And, and it's, they're, they're just needed, and that, you know, I, and the, uh, there are other great spots as well. I think Bernie had some great spots. I think Hillary had some great spots. I think, you know, the great spot of, of you know, the girl, you know, Hillary hugging the girl, care, you know, worried about her family being separated. I right. mean, that, that type of content travels, and, and that type of content makes you rethink everything. And I think when you had a candidate like Hillary who you know, had high unfavorables, but also someone who everyone just already knew. Um, you, I, I don't think that we, I don't think we as Democrats, and not just the Hillary campaign, because here's the thing, there's a lot of money spent on the super PAC side, a lot of money spent on the IE side, all in support of, of this candidate and uh, uh, all these candidates. And I just didn't see it. I just didn't see anyone taking risks. I didn't see anyone being smart on digital um, uh, you know, Rev did great stuff. I mean, you know, I love good steam and run. They did great stuff, but I think that we could all learn some huge lessons. And I hope that those splits change from what I'm seeing. They're not like I, I the Ossoff stuff. I, you know, I saw those splits. Um, but yeah. six and a half of the eight, uh, six and a half of the eight was television. I mean, he crushed. So I'm not saying, you know, again, like I'm not saying that, that, that they're not doing the right thing. I'm just saying that, um, I, I just hope that we're taking a step back and realizing that, you know, there there are a lot of better ways that we could be spending this money, and if and if, you know, corporate brands, um, who are the best at this, they know how to put butts in seats, they know how to sell products, they know how to, you know, really connect with people. If their splits are sixty forty, why are ours ninety five five? Just doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. That's an interesting perspective and, and totally an issue that I think people um, 
need to think more about, particularly on, like you said, on the, I mean, the content side, but as well as the distribution side. And that's just, it's an old model that's, um, that hasn't been revisited um, often enough, or if at all. And um, look, yeah, and look, it's, it's no fault. I mean, here's the thing. I think, you know, I get in conversations with friends and I say this and, and I think some people take it as like, I'm attacking the TV consultant industry. Like I'm not, like I get it. I get the people who run these campaigns are TV guys because yep. that's, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, that's how you won. Yep. That's definitely. why David Plus and Axelrod and Tad and all these guys are TV guys. That, that's how you won back in the day. Um, I think that, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of focus on, on talking about Hillary as, as just this very flawed candidate or her campaign you know, all of these, like, tell-all books of, like, people not liking each other and all of this stuff, um, that happens on every campaign. And, and I think that no one, you know, I think Democrats are typically very good at looking at data and looking at, you know, trends and looking at hard numbers. And, you know, no one is really looking at the hard numbers of, what, you know, what are people, how are we actually reaching people, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you know, like my world is this digital world. It's a digital world in every way. Television is now digital. We do television shows on Netflix and Hulu, right? Right. right. We do right. like, so everything is digital. And I think that again, when all of the really great digital firms that, that we know, and you know, we have beers with when they're fighting over the scraps of 5% or, or 7%, they can't be innovative, right? Yeah. They can't really they can't really test things in a compelling way um and so you know funny or die's goal is that we are you know we are being a lot more thoughtful about um electoral stuff because i think we've had great success on the nonprofit side great success on the advocacy side we helped get a bill passed last year with you know a 24 year old sexual assault survivor and it was all off of a video and like a campaign on social media mm-hmm. We did, you know, we did a little bit of stuff this past cycle um, with Lock the Vote, and we helped them register, you know, 1.7 million people, which was great. But like, we want to, the, you know, our big whale is like, we care about state legislature races. We care about, you know, New Jersey and Virginia this year. We care about the midterms because no young people vote in midterms. Not sure if people know that, <laughs> but <laughs> right, right. they don't. And so, if we have, if we want any chance in hell at taking back the house, young people don't, young people need to vote in a, like in a historic way. Right. Yeah. And, and I just don't see it when I see the statistics, like, you know, that poll that came out that has Democrat, I mean, God, the Democrats have a worse favorability rating than Republicans right now. Yeah. Um, that's the type of thing that truly worries me. And, you know, I think that again, we need, we need the best and the brightest to be coming together and figuring out what are, what are some real sh- new strategies. I haven't seen any new strategies. I've seen people say we need to do more focus groups about how to like, talk to young people. It's like, no, no, let's just actually reach the young people. We know, I mean, generally speaking, we can read the Harvard IO people. It's out there. We know it's out there. Like, let's actually put real resources and reach the young people where they are. You know, that's, that's our, we're going to be out there 
you know, out there talking about this a lot. And, you know, Funny or Die, we're not going to clearly, in fact, we can't solve all these problems. But I think that we could be a tool in the toolbox of, you know, great agencies. And like we're doing, you know, we're working on a campaign right now with, with GMMB and, and other great agencies. So, you know, I'm not saying that this is like, you know, casting all, all of these guys as, as evil, but right, it's just right. a conversation that I think we, as communicators, I think we should all be having about about our strategies. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of the conversation since November has been about, you know, we need to listen more, we need to understand our audiences more, which I think is always smart and almost always the case, but I, I see what you mean about, you know, connecting with people, we know where they are, and we know that they're not motivated. So that's where we're going to leave part one um, of this conversation with Brad Jenkins. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope that you will tune in next week for part two. We're going to talk about the role of comedy and humor in politics and, and also some more about you know communications, tactics, and ideas. So we hope you tune back in. And um, again, please keep the thoughts and feedback coming, and we look forward to hearing from you. So thanks again for tuning in. Have a good week. The prospect of leaving the White House is a mixed bag. You might have heard uh, that someone jumped the White House fence last week, but uh, I have to give Secret Service credit. They found Michelle, brought her back. She's safe back at home now. It's only nine more months, baby. Settle down.